what's up, everybody? How's it going? I'm Jeff Gerstmann. You're here with us. I pointed at you. Yeah. And I hit the button, and it turned to a camera of me. Perfect. That's you, People get to see how the magic happens here. That's right. Here on the Giant Bomb After Show. That's right. You're in the, the zone, the post-show zone. That's already a thing. The Pizzone? It's like a pizza... Yeah, but it comes and goes. So when they're not currently selling oh, it, yeah. we get to use the name. Uh, I'm Jeff Gersman, joined by Ben Pack over there. Pizza Hut Pizzone. Yeah. It, it's oh, like, it, it's gone, but the Pazuki. Pazuki? It's the pizza cookie. I don't want a pizza cookie. Well, no, I do. Wait, I do. Have you ever had the Papa John's pizza cookie? No. It's pretty good. I've only eaten at Papa John's once. There's no, there isn't one up there. So, oh really? Yeah, there's no, there's none near where I live. Huh. So it's not an option. They give you the cup of garlic sauce. Okay, it's like melted garlic butter. Mm. And you dip your crust in it. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I had Papa John's once during E3 in LA, and it was not great, but it seemed fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's our usually our preferred um, pizza of choice, just because. There was one near us when we started dating. Yeah. And that's how you form your... Yeah, that's, that's, that's how it happens for sure. Well, hey, everybody. This is a show where we can take uh, questions from y'all. If you're watching us live, uh, we are in the chat. So you can send us a question using the ask a question button at the top. Uh, and then we've also got instructions there if you want to talk to us. Yeah, via Discord. Yeah. Send, send, send a question. Send a question. Uh, so send a friend request, then send a question then and then we'll call you back yourself if we, if we'll a like, cold drink that's and, right and wait and listen yeah you cracked one open over there I did i you said you you really like this the smell yeah of, it's, specifically it's of sugar-free up, red bull but i really like the taste and smell of these i wish there was a non-caffeinated version of this drink that the, i could drink the smell of red bull makes my teeth hurt like they're growing fangs like it's a good thing it's like like it's a mouth watering like like i i feel like i want it and when i showed up this morning uh matt rory has his like energy drink mix over there that he's always mixing into seltzer water yeah or he's got like a, a little goop yeah and he pours the goop into, into like, like a, a lemon water yeah and then drinks it we drank it on upf last week yeah. i think i still want to try the straight goop yeah no i've, I've yeah just like a little, I want to fill up an eyedropper full mm-hmm. of that goop and just. Yeah. Uh-huh. There you go. He he uh, he was mixing one over there, I think. He must have been when I showed up this morning because the whole area just stank of Red Bull. And I got so fucking amped. I was like, <laughs> yeah, let's, I'm going to kill a guy. <laughs> like, uh, just over there, just, just living in the Red Bull smell. It was, it was pretty awesome. Uh it was it was it was pretty good. Uh, this is a question that maybe you have. A, this is a, maybe a little too local for people out there. Mm. Uh, but Matt Deff wants to know Zachary's versus Little Star. Which side of the holy war are you on? I've never had Zachary's. I've had Little Star. I like it a whole lot. Patchy's is better than both, though. I've never had either. I think I went to a Patchy's once and was not super into it. Yeah, uh. you know, it's it was my favorite deep dish. I I had a deep dish in Chicago for the first time, mm-hmm. and I was like. This is good. This is really good, but it's not like incrementally, or it's incrementally, only incrementally better. Which, where did you end up in Chicago? Uh, Giordano's or, or uh, what? I think Giordano's. Giordano's. What's the other one? There was like two that were we were told were the institutions. Uh, P- it wasn't. Pequod's. 
is the one I he hear come up. Arnos. Yeah, come up a lot. Uh, okay, let's see here. Uh, do you want to do you want to tell people what our general theme is? Oh yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, I mean you know so we ran this destiny raid uh, over the last week and uh, it damn near broke us. It brought us together. We laughed, we cried, all that sort of stuff. And I want to hear if you've got similar stories of working together with a group. Like, what was the thing you were trying to accomplish, and and how did it go? Uh, you know, was it was it real life friends or just internet people you banded together with? Uh, you know, I, I want to hear those sorts of stories because I, you know, I, I don't really spend a ton of time doing co op stuff. Um, and and when I do. It's uh, nerve wracking in a weird way. Yeah, like I, I never want to be the person letting the team down, so I'm always like like extra on edge about that sort of stuff, and and so I I tend to just like ah forget it. I'll just play by myself and not dick around with this stuff. I don't want to have to schedule time to play with people and then have to cancel because something came up or all this other stuff. So I usually end up just kind of just doing my own stuff. I can I probably can't count how many now I would consider them friends I've made just through random pickup games of Dota. Like at this point uh I I for, you know I've been playing the game for 5 years or whatever, mm-hmm. 6 years and it's one of those things where solo queuing is puts you in such a hostile environment 99% of the time mm-hmm. that when you get that 1% of like people using their mics and not being assholes and you win and you have fun, you'll like party up and you play enough with those people. You start yeah. to really get to know them. Like I've got, you know, I, I have friends who I've stayed on their couches who I met because of Dota. I've had like when I've traveled to Texas or whatever yeah. and, and, and stuff like that. And I think it's really cool. Like it, Internet friends is not a new thing. Yeah. But yeah. like bonding over the uh, hell video game that we all play is a pretty cool thing that doesn't really exist in other mediums. Like that's a pretty unique to gaming. I've never met anyone and stayed in contact with anyone as a result of playing a video game with them. It's always been like, yeah, you, you make friends on the internet and, you know, all that sort of stuff through. For me, it was IRC uh, yeah. mostly. And occasionally, even in the, in the super early days, Usenet. Uh, you know, there's some news groups I posted to back then, uh, and and I met some of those people in real life. They made sure I got beer before I was 21. Nice. Uh, they were it was a good group, uh, but one of them was someone I w- had worked with, and he brought me into this fold of total fucking nutcases. It was fun. Um, and then yeah, you know, just someone I went to school with uh, reached out and said like, "Hey, I'm on IRC over here doing this thing. We're talking about video games," and I was like, "Oh yeah, all right, I'll I guess I'll try that because I'm already over here talking to people about." ways to play Game Boy games that don't involve a Game Boy. So I'm already on I'm already on this network anyway. And then met a bunch of people uh, that way that uh, that I still keep in contact with here and there. Um, but yes, I have, I have never, ever, ever met anyone pl- actually playing a game and kept in touch with them. I don't, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so... You are lining up uh, some voice questions over there, but I've got some. I've got a question over here uh, from Bryn from Brinty over here. <laughs> this is fascinating. Okay, uh, from the Forza discussion. Apparently, the PC version's currency is something you can hack with Cheat Engine. So, oh shit. Uh, so yeah. So th- how does that sit with you? Similar things have happened in the past, and it's hard to draw the line of you know is this piracy at a point. 
I think that when you buy a video game, it is kind of yours to do with what you what you will when it comes to modifying it and and that sort of stuff. I think the lines do get weird around add-on content and you know unlocking add-on content that you didn't pay for can be a little weird. In this case where I mean they don't even have the real money currency in that game right now. Uh but like they will have an auction house at some point that where you're bidding against other players. So does that mean the economy is already ruined? Right. Um I imagine that's something they're going to try to eliminate ASAP. I would, I would figure, just for the sake of the sanctity of stuff like the auction house, yeah, uh, they kind of have to get that stuff in check. Otherwise, like, like regardless of if real money is involved or not, like the economy has a weight to it. And if if there are people cheating and being able to bid zillions and zillions of credits for cars and and whatever, then that's going to break that entire thing. That's funny. I would do that. That that's that's my answer. I would do that. Um, but also, I haven't needed needed credits in that game from what I played of it because I don't care enough about it to. Well, I guess that's that's the problem. I don't care enough about it. Right. But, uh, to, I don't want to buy any of the mod crates or, or or card cases or any of that shit. Um, and I've had enough to buy cars when I've needed to buy cars so far. Hmm. But yeah, I think you know when you, when you're unlocking, you know there, there have been cases where people were like, "Oh, the disc, the the DLC was on the disc, and via hacking, I was able to unlock it early." That's a very gray area, where it's something that they're very clearly selling, but it's on the disc you bought. But you didn't buy the disc; you bought a license. Right, to you play bought the, the right. The, yeah, to you bought play the right to play the games. Game. But that, that, but that's not. Also, that's barely. Like I, I that bullshit. that's shitty. That's that, bullshit. That's, that's bullshit. So, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, ultimately, like in, the, in those cases, they shouldn't have put the DLC on the disc. They shouldn't have distributed it to people if they didn't want people accessing it. Totally um, forced to be passed <clears throat> or something like that. Um, I got one. Okay, in the pipeline. All right, let's let's hear it. Let's uh, go ahead and give a call here to our first person of interest who wants to talk to us. About the video game Final Fantasy fourteen. Mm. Hello, caller. Are you there? Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Yeah, Hi. Cool. What's uh what's hey. your name? Where are you calling from? Uh this is David from Cincinnati. Hello, Cincinnati David. Let's talk. Final Fantasy Fourteen. What's up? Um, so it's Final Fantasy uh actually Final Fantasy eleven. Oops. Get this guy off the foot. No. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Yes. <laughs> I can't read Roman numerals. <laughs> Ah, oh, that's fine, Ben. Nobody, nobody can. All right, what's uh, what's on your mind? Let's, let's hear. Let's hear about Final Fantasy XI. Um, so way back in the day, like two thousand three, two thousand four, um, part of the first game that came out as part of that whole series, um, had Endgame in this place called Sky, and a lot of the Endgame content, uh, revolved around taking down gods. Yeah. Um, you had to, and it was a week long process where you had to join up with a group of people, usually anywhere between 18 and like 36 people to, to farm items, to go summon gods, to then kill those gods, to then take items from those gods to summon another God and then kill that God in a boss rush with the other gods you had already killed. Um, and each each boss battle was maybe an hour long with the final encounter with a god. His name was uh Kieran's big his big dude. Mm-hmm. Um it took 
early days, it took maybe three to four hours to take down. That's three to four hours with, with, I'm sorry, was it 26 players? Is that what you're saying? Um, so it would be, um, three, three total groups. So it was 18. So it was an, uh, a primary team of 18 people with, um, usually they had a side group basically to handle the other, the other gods as they spawned in hmm. of another about 18 people. So you had about 36 people all in one place fighting, um, two to three separate gods at the same time. Yeah. And this like huge, huge arena. So, um, there was a lot of, a lot of planning, um, to get around who was going to do what everybody had specific roles in terms of this is what we're going to do here and when. Um, and it was in the early days, it was always it was a very, very long grind just to get through that fight. Um, and as with like all MMOs and everything like that, yeah. like after a few years, it was, it was something that like a single group could then do because everybody was super overpowered and new content and level caps happened. So, right. Did, did new players get into this at all? Or was it at some point, was it like, we can't afford to waste the time of bringing someone new into the fold. Let's just run it again. Um, so, you, so usually, so usually it was very set groups that, that got um, included Having extra people was fine. I think the biggest barrier to entry, specifically for the end game in um, an older MMO like Final Fantasy XI at the time, was getting to the level cap. That oh, yeah. took most people about three months of straight grinding to get to the cap. It's like uh, Final Fantasy XIV is something you can do in like a few weeks. Right. Like, no problem. God. This was kind of like the, the Korean style, like older grinds for months on end and then reach cap and then finally do all the end game stuff. So what kind of coordination or what, what would you use to coordinate in something like that? Is it just in game text chat or were you trying to voice chat where you're like on a vent or something for this? Um, mostly during, uh, when I was playing, it was mostly text chat, um, inside of the game itself. Hmm. Um, which was actually really useful, say, if you had Japanese players who were playing alongside you. Oh, right. Uh, because you could, uh, it had an auto, um, an auto text thing. Right. Like you'd type in some information and then hit tab, and it would give you um, a set of um, words that would then auto be, be auto translated to anybody um, who may be seeing it in a different language. Right. Of course. Yeah. That's like the, almost like the, Fantasy Star Online symbol chat or something. It was like, here's something that's universal. You right. can kind of try to to talk to other players. Yeah, that's cool. That's like why the voice lines in in Dota were so good because like you, you they all had just really distinct in, in, intimations. I, don't, mm. I can't think of the word I'm yeah. trying to say. Uh, but like, I totally was playing with a per- Peruvian guy. And we were just using the stupid little voice chat things <laughs> as like signals for like chart. Like there was one that was like, do charge yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> like ways to communicate. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Like, um, I think like, I don't know how old, uh, stuff like vent is. That seems like something that maybe came about maybe around the time that wow came out. Maybe before that I was, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but yeah, I feel um, like there's like, you know, team speak would have maybe even been around before ventrilo. When did that Duke Nukem prank video? Right. Come out? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because this would have been about two thousand three. Because I think that I think that uh, the the first game came out 
I think in 2003, like late 2003. Right. So yeah, it looks like Venn might've been around since like 99 or so. I, I definitely oh. remember doing text or like, like voice chat over the internet, like voice group chat. And it was terrible, uh, but you could do it uh, back then. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's cool. And and how many times did you, would you estimate that you, you ran that series of events? Did you just do it once and you're like, whatever I'm out. Or are you like every few weeks? Like, let's go. Uh, it was like an every, uh, it was like an every week thing, wow. um, at a certain point. Um, cause it was something the, so, so like with destiny, like you get item drops and whatnot, right. Mm-hmm. Um, from doing it well, this was the same thing, but you're doing it for so many people. And then the, not everybody gets a drop. Like yeah. the thing would drop maybe five or six items. And then you would either, there'd either be like a list in your guild um, of all the people who played and who was next on the list to get certain items. Yeah. So you, you know, you'd be helping out and then you might have to wait two or three weeks or two or three like runs of that to get the drop that you're like, you were waiting for, for, you know, some high level item or whatnot. So it was kind of a very community driven, like, Hey, we have to do this multiple times and everybody's going to get something, but we're doing this for the whole of our, you know, our group. Yeah. Cool. That's, uh, that's a lot, man. That's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It was, I had a lot more time on my hands in college. For sure. Yeah. I think we all did back then. Oh, three. All right. (laughs) I was very studious. So uh, how dare you stop? Don't. That's that's mine. <laughs> thanks very much for your call. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Do you remember when I interviewed you for my college newspaper about a story about podcasting? Was this while you were interning? No, this was after. This was oh. during my senior year of college. I okay. was writing an article about the up and coming brand new art form that is podcasting. Yes, this the newest a, latest. In like 2012. Yeah. <laughs> they just invented podcasts back then. This was pre- no, yeah. Maybe this was right around serial, so like there was enough buzz about podcasts yeah. that I could do something. I interviewed you, I interviewed Jesse Thorne, mm-hmm. uh, and like a couple other podcast people. Um, that was fun. <laughs> how did you? How how was the report received? Uh, very good story. Okay, I got a B plus. Mm. Hey, that's almost an A minus. That's that. That's a good, that's a good way to look a. at it. That's a good. That's a good way to look at it. That's, that's a good way to look at it. Uh, Grunt808 writes in and says, what are your thoughts about PUBG putting ads in the game? This is something they've been getting review bombed in China. Uh, in I guess, PUBG? Yeah. Huh. And I guess I was reading, trying to figure out the, what was what was going on with this. I guess like people in China are complaining about the quality of the servers uh, and latency being an issue and stuff like that. And I guess they are getting uh, in-game ads for VPNs and other stuff Oh, uh, that would that claim to eliminate latency uh, because like Chinese players are end up playing on the North American servers or some of this other stuff because they're just having a better experience there, I guess. Right. Uh, which sounds crazy. I just realized why I keep seeing Jason's name in chat. It's because you were logged oh, in as yeah. Jason. I'm like, OK, all right. I was like, why is Jason saying he's turning people up? Does he have remote <laughs> access to the mixer? Like well, Jason's is... always here. I know. No, he lives he's... inside the machine. Yeah. He, a part of him went inside the machine when we built it and. He is lessened as a result, but that's he did it for the art form yeah. of podcasting. Yeah, and we appreciate his sacrifice. Absolutely. Um, I got one more here. Frankie Bean says, do you think SOCOM will ever come back? It is the best game ever, and I would never need another game. 
Uh, no, I, I don't. I just SOCOM is a specific time and place and and platform thing. It was a great PS2 game. Those first two SOCOM games, I think, are some of the best times I had. I, that actually is is kind of a co op story for me in a way because that game came with a headset. Uh, and oh, it, was, right. it was a good voice chat experience. Uh, my roommate, after seeing it, he went out and bought a PS2, and and he and I, we were playing like pl- a lot of Planet Side and a lot of SOCOM. We stopped playing SOCOM to play Planet Side. Then a SOCOM sequel came out, I think, and then we went back to SOCOM. We played so much fucking Planet Side. I don't know why we we got way into Planet Side. It was good. It was, a, it, was cool. a, it was a cool fucking game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we would voice chat and play SOCOM and and like call out like there's two guys left, there's two guys to the right, you know, like all that type shit, and tried to take it seriously. He would do uh, since it was a round based game and there's a lot of downtime uh, between you know if you died. He started doing push-ups every time he died. I've done, I've done that with Dota. I've started doing like sit-ups oh, while yeah. I was dead. And and the way it works is like your death timer will increase As the later game. Level, yeah. So like, but in the end, you're dead for like 70 seconds. And I'm just like, well, I can do something because I don't want to just fucking sit here. But then I started playing more support and you have to kind of watch the map and make calls for people. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you want to take another call? Yeah, sure. Uh, Revel wants to know, is that the game Method Man was into? And yes, that was so Re- Method Man, a big SOCOM fan. Huh. Like on an album, he calls out like a map by name. Really? Or it's it's someone who he was like a friends with it from SOCOM or something that was on the album, I guess. Um. Anyway. Hello, caller. Are Hi. you there? What's going on? Where are you? Where are I am you? here. Hello. What's going on? Great. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm Andrew. I'm coming from San Diego. Awesome uh what's what's the weather like is it is it like crazy hot still down there yeah it's always nice here yeah. which is kind of weird because i'd like different seasons but mm-hmm. it's, it's all good San, yeah san francisco residents feel that pain of wanting a little other bit hotter seasons. for you guys though i've seen yeah yeah it's, it's been unseasonably warm lately but i guess that's how it goes these days what's on your mind uh yeah so we were talking about just uh, really team-based things, whether it's uh, competitive or not, right? So mm-hmm. um, competitive games, when I think of competitive, I think of Dota, but Dota's kind of a trash game, so I'll step that aside. It's not kind of a trash game. It's a great game for trash people, but go ahead. Great, Ben. <laughs> um, but I play a lot of Rainbow Six Siege with a group of five people. Mm. Um, it's more of like a really nightly thing. And the most interesting part about that game is that when, even when your teammates are dead, they can still spectate through cameras, they can spectate through drones. And uh, I guess this isn't really much of a question, but it's more of like a memory that I like to kind of bring up is like, the coolest thing about that game is being the last person alive on your team, but the rest of your teammates can still hear everything on the cameras. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's a really sound-based game, so you could hear echoes of noises of footsteps and when people are doing something like busting open a wall and me being trapped in a room surrounded by all these noises, teammates calling out with, it's so weird, like calling yeah. out with Cardinal directions like Northwest South and spitting weird military lingo. And <laughs> I'm just sitting in a room super lonely and super scared, but it's, it's such a weird bonding experience. And that's what I felt when watching the raid yesterday. It was like, you guys are calling it like a corporate building exercise. Yeah, And it felt a lot like that, where I become a lot more closer with these friends because they can help me in this virtual video game of not getting killed. 
and yeah i, I think yeah. it's the the communication in a situation like that like it just becomes i mean it's why the military communicates the way they do right is it needs to be right. like short and essential yeah. and and clear and so you end up yeah with those situations where it's just like okay what's the most effective way we can communicate to each other they invented their own alphabet right yeah <laughs> crazy um yeah that's just fascinating so I I tried playing Siege. I would I played Siege before it came out when they showed it at E3 and and looking at the the tech around blowing up walls and stuff. I was like, man, this thing seems really really awesome. And then when it came out, I don't know. It just it, it never it never stuck with me. And I guess yeah, maybe it just launched rough. But they've they've really stuck with it. How do you feel about like the like trajectory of that game? Does it feel like it just kind of keeps getting better? Uh, all the news outlets are just talking about this game now of how it's blown up recently. No, like it's. Yeah gone so many players and i've had the same sentiment towards it uh i played uh i did the worst decision ever and got it first day on release which is not great because it released super poorly but i loved the beta because it was so much it wasn't a counter-strike where the guns felt weird right and it was really hard to penetrate it was more of like it's it felt comfortable to shoot and that's what i really liked about it Mm -hmm. and having a stack of five really helps um as they did bug fixes and trust me there are a lot of bugs they recently did that operation health thing where they spent three months fixing bugs right yeah yeah and for better or worse it it did stuff to the game um yeah but i overall i think that this game has really grown in a really positive direction whether it's been delaying seasonal content or whatever or all the drama that's happening with Ubisoft, but uh, I'm really happy with it just because um, they built upon this game where team-based competitive feels so impenetrable, but with friends and communication being such a core component, it feels so fresh. Mm -hmm. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your call. That's uh, yeah. Thanks for having me guys. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Yeah. There's the rules. What? What about the Dota rules? They're bad? Rule number number one, don't talk about Dota. Rule number two, we're talking about Dota and how bad it is. (laughs) Um, Hornet here in the chat saying, Operation Health made it worse. (laughs) Like, eh. That's you know no, no one's ever no one's ever happy. It's 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 especially when you get a a popular game like that, you're gonna have changes that some people like and some people hate. But I don't know, maybe they maybe they messed it up. Who can say? I don't know. As I, I, I don't know that I want. Like, there are a lot of games that I go like, "Oh, I hear it changed a lot. Maybe I'll go back to it." Siege just isn't one of them for some reason. Like, I, I tried it a handful of times at launch, and and I just remember that first E three demo being really fucking cool. I was like super sold. It on was the idea rad. Of like it. the tech was so cool. Like, like they were they blowing were like, up specific parts yeah. of walls and and like and like their pitch was stuff like, "Hey, this is like the Assassin's Creed tech, but it only has to render a house instead of yeah." all of Egypt, you know, or, or yeah. wherever. So you can so, get like hog wild yeah. on that house. And, and so it was just a neat, it was a neat pitch and, and playing a few rounds of it at E3, I definitely came out going like, this could actually be like really amazing tech. Um, and, and seems really cool, but hmm. I don't uh, know. Just uh, rub me the wrong way. And I just, I just never, I, I just, I'm not in the, in the, I mean, I'm rarely in the place where I'm looking for like a tactical shooter. Yeah. So I'm surprised kind of different topic here. Uh, same theme. 
I'm surprised we haven't gotten another game similar to Journey in how it handles co-op. Like, there's Absolver takes an element of that. Yeah. But just like the lived-in world where you're doing activities with other players, but you don't know, like, anything about them. You know, because Journey was, what, three years ago at this point? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. It seems like another indie game would have come along and, and done something yeah, similar. I, I feel like cool. there has been something that has, has basically done the same thing, but maybe not, you know, not, yeah. uh, not as cool. Well, I mean, before that, there was Test Drive Unlimited. Oh, you know what? There was that game I saw at E3. It was a Dark Souls-like game, uh, and it had to do with, like, light and a- ashen. Ashen. Ashen uh, actually does something similar with that, which seems pretty cool, where you will like team up with with players and just kind of adventure with them. And then if you complete a quest with them, they join your town as a permanent fixture and become like a salesperson. Like, we'll sell you armor and stuff. Yeah. Um, That seems like it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Kind of more what I'm looking for. Um, if you're getting something lined up over there, I've got a question here from... Uh, Take a few. I okay, don't really all right. Yeah. Uh, Diane O'Chong says, as games become more focused around software as a service, uh, have you thought about taking a stream or having a show that goes back to platform games like The Division, uh, where they've they've kind of you know made a lot of updates? Or is there just too many video games now? I'd say, yeah, there's a lot of video games. There's now. lots of games. It's uh yeah, I mean we we could be looking at one new game a day and never catch up. We could probably be looking at five new games a day and never catch up at this point, uh, if we wanted to look at, at everything. But the problem know. is it's all the two dollar and less games on Steam. <laughs> yes. You look through it and you're just like, What is this stuff? Uh, I don't know. I, I we I think we kinda check out stuff as our interests kinda wax and wane uh around games, you know. That's that's usually what will kind of make uh make us check back in with the game i really liked the division i've gone back to it on my own a couple of times to kind of see if there's enough there for us to to cover it you know to to go back in and be like hey let's do a stream playing this last stand mode or, or some of the other stuff they've added and none of the stuff they added the to the division really drew me back into it i really enjoyed my time with that game but i feel like it needed more uh, and and I think the stuff they added onto the game didn't was not necessarily the more I was looking for. Um, I wanted that game to be a little more online, like a little more interaction with other players. Uh, you you um, imagine if Destiny uh, never you never encountered another human player unless you were in a group with that player or you were in a social space. Oh, like it's like it was like if if, if the open world of Destiny was empty because you weren't in a group. That that's the division. Um, and, and you could match up from when you got to a mission, you would say, you know, match, make me. And you, you might end up with two or three other people. Uh, and it was like a strike or something kind of. And, uh, yeah, it just, uh, it was never enough. I wanted that game to be a little more online, uh, than, than it was. I never finished journey because I was having a great time with another player. And then we went through this amazing slide sequence. Yep. And I came out the other end first and turned around and waited for the other person and they never came. And it was this weirdly heartbreaking thing that I was just like, yeah. what? you finished journey at that moment. Yeah. You, and, you were done with I journey. I was done with journey and my journey was over. So I stopped. Maybe uh, the real journey is the friends we lost along the way. That's, that's, it's more true than, you know, uh, let's see here. 
On the back of that question, Chiba wants to know, do you think games will evolve into a live type of service where you are paying just a set amount of time with a game, say $60 for 30 hours or so? No, I, I, I don't. I, I think that they like to get their money up front and then also get more money out of you after the fact. But I think that the subscription fee stuff, uh, even if it moved to an hour count as opposed to a monthly fee, I just that that's there. It feels like they're making more money off of people with the cosmetics businesses and, and some of the other uh, microtransaction type stuff uh, than they are with with. Uh, with subscription and and time-based things. So I, I just, I just don't know that they necessarily need to do it. Uh, or I think that they might be, you know, they, they might be cutting themselves off from potential revenue. Oh, who knows? Maybe they do that and sell you cosmetics. Right. But, uh, but I don't know. Uh, Alfredo Oliveira, Alvera writes in and says, Hey, want to ask about Forza seven? What do you think the series should do to maintain your interest? I mean, if we're just talking about me, like, cause I, cause I think like what, what should Forza do to continue to grow and, and be a welcoming place for all types of car game players and stuff like that. That's probably a different question, but I think the main thing I am kind of done with is probably the tracks. Uh, you know, it, like I, I don't, I want, I want a bunch of, I want, I want a f- take every track that's in that game, take it out of the game, insert new tracks that have never been seen before in a Forza game. It'd be cool if they did like the Mario Kart thing, right? Where in Mario Kart they I want yeah Rainbow Road absolutely they need to put Rainbow they need Road to put Rainbow Road, Road yeah, in done. your your Porsche drives off the cliff yeah. and gets brought up by a Lakitu. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the thing that they do where like the top uh, circuits are all new and the bottom circuits are like best ofs from previous yeah. games, right? Like have your classics mm-hmm. mode, but then have some new shit in there. Make up. You could probably make up a pretty cool video game racetrack. They've they've done it. They have made some pretty good realistic looking ones yeah. that are that are fine that fit right in. That you if I could sit you down in front of them and you would not be able to know which ones were fake or real. Not that you are the the gold standard for yeah, that. Yeah, I, I would but, I would be very but bad at it, judging it, that. Yeah, it's not like it's named like Fantasy Rock Course and you're like that's a fake one. I know Infineon. There you go. That's that's in there somewhere. I think. Uh, yeah, so for for me it's tracks. And and I mean that was kind of what killed Ridge Racer for me. Uh was that they weren't coming up with enough new tracks like between five was it I think it was like 5, 6, 7 those PSP games. Uh there was a point with Ridge Racer where they just kept repackaging the same handful of tracks from from the previous games. And you got to a point where you started to notice it. Like Ridge Racer 6 and 7 are like alarmingly similar uh because one was only on 360 and one was only on PS3. And uh, it's weird. Yeah. I saw somebody. I, I'm going to take a question here from the chat. Uh, somebody asked if there's anything I want to see from Dragon Ball GT in Dragon Ball Fighters. And the answer is no, because that whole series was like not very good. Hmm. Except Baby. Maybe Baby. Baby would be pretty good in there. Yeah. He's a tuffle. Is he? Is that just the U.S. name for Mr. Satan? <laughs> no. Mm. it's hercule yeah it's bad it's way less cool it's way less cool uh stash stash says uh which sport would you like to see make turned into an rpg a la golf story there's a really good tennis rpg for the turbografx 16 uh that that i i think is cool uh the game boy mario tennis art rpg thing was really cool mm. uh yeah, that one's really fun. I think like a one-on-one basketball game would be 
fun to do with some kind of RPG, like stats, or, or maybe even party-based, do three-on-three, yeah. like street hoop type stuff. There was, a, there was a really cool, I never ended up talking about it, but there was a really cool game I saw at PAX. It was a three-on-three arcade basketball game, mm-hmm. a la NBA Jam. Yeah. But you're robots, um, and the court has like hazards and stuff. Not nothing like too crazy, but yeah. like a conveyor belt or like a, mo- a zone that you move a little yeah, slower cool. in. All right. Uh, but then there's also currency appearing, uh, and you like make currency if you do like cool dunks and stuff. And mm-hmm. then every quarter you make small tweaks to your robot, and like like oh now yeah. he'll move faster, and, right. and so that persistence yeah. goes, and then it resets obviously at the end of a game. Yeah. But that that stuff I think could be more explored too. Cyberball is an arcade football game that kind of had the concept of currency and and okay. upgrading players and stuff like that along the way. Uh, it didn't necessarily have the on field uh, hazards and 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 hindrances stuff like that. It's almost like more like a mutant league football sort of thing. Um, yeah, that's cool. Um, I've got a call. All right, let's hear it. All right, so I am going to call our next caller who is here to talk about wow 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 hello caller are you there wow can you do a can you do like a owen wilson wow 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 that was like my first attempt yeah know that's, yeah wow 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 i think we'd probably do a whispered wow 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 All right. All right. Moving on. Uh, Carpet DMT says video games take a lot of time to cover VR games even more so, but VR coverage didn't get clicks in the first blast post release and the game's press consensus compressed consensus was set. It's not there yet. Do you think this has led to a lack of sufficient VR coverage? Uh, I don't know. From our experience, like VR coverage did fine um, in video form, but I know talking to people at other publications, like I know like text about VR was not something people were interested in clicking on. Um, but our stuff did fine. I think for me, it's for me, it's just been a factor of like VR is kind of a hassle. I don't have it set up anymore. And yeah. like I, I got a bunch of stuff on my floor where I would do VR stuff and I have to clean up so much to get that back in order that it's just, there hasn't been a game that I've seen that has made me go like, Oh, I gotta do this. Instead. I see stuff and go like, I should do this. Um, and the studio is not hasn't been set up since E3 either. I think, uh, or we tried to set it up once and it was fucked up. Yeah, because that PC there was an yeah. issue with moving PCs around. Right. Yeah. So to get the new one in there, I do want to get back in and and do some more video of virtual reality games. Um, but yeah, I guess it hasn't been a priority really. Like like there like I said, there have not been a ton of games that have have like been demanding that i that i get all this stuff set back up uh and and yeah but i want to do more of it uh as far as like the rest of the press and stuff like that yeah like i said yeah i I think i don't think all of them are completely governed by traffic but at the end of the day you know if if the gaming audience that reads those websites is not reading the coverage then at some point like is it worth your you know is, is that the best use of a reporter's time uh to to do that sort of stuff so i think maybe you ended up with yeah you kind of have a chicken egg sort of situation where because it's not ready yet, people don't want to know about it. Actually, you know, the, the thing we, we found is, you know, like our video of VR games did really well for two reasons. One, you had a lot of people who liked VR that wanted to see that stuff be used because they were looking for games that they wanted to try themselves. And you had people who hated VR yeah. and everyone got what they wanted out of it. 
you know, because they would all approach it with their own, through their own lens of like, you know, oh, hey, VR, look at how clunky this shit is. You know, people like VR going like, oh, that, that looks cool. I might actually try that. Or And then you had people who like were fanatical about VR and their take was, these guys fucking hate VR. They're ruining VR with these videos, which I don't get at all. Like, that's f- fucking insane. Yeah. Um, well, you hate VR and you wanted to see it fail. Oh, right. Yeah. The, the thing I paid money out of pocket for myself and like spent and, and we spent hours man hours and yeah. resources setting up in the office and yeah the green screen and all that uh, yeah the, yeah, the no, stuff but, that like is that i continue to say the tech is incredibly impressive but the software is mostly boring um mm. all right we're gonna try again with this caller okay and this is their second attempt to call in and talk about wow hello hello Hi. wow what's Hi. your what's, what's your name where you're calling from I'm Andrew, and I'm calling from Poughkeepsie, New York. Cool. What's uh, what's on your mind, Andrew? I just wanted to tell you the story of how I kind of got burnt out while rating. Um, mm. Let's hear it. So yeah, yeah. So not too long ago, I was on a uh, on in a guild that that was basically trying to go for like the the realm first oh. for the uh, higher difficulties of the raids. Yeah, I'm sure. If you're aware of the normal difficulty, and then you have the higher difficulties that come after. Right. Yeah. So basically, the way that we geared up for this is that if you if you don't know this already, and wow, you could determine who gets the gear as it drops at least more recently. So what we end up do is we we'd require everyone to have a full set of characters. So what we do is we'd have we basically run multiple raids a week, and have all but two of the characters be alts, so we could just funnel the gear into those two. And to those two main raiding characters. Yeah. So two people would get to go to the first raid and they'd get all the gear. And then we'd do another raid right after. And then another two characters would get all the gear and so on and so forth. So we'd basically be just grinding the raid all week to get each and every character geared up as far as possible. And then was the idea that you once everyone got geared up, you could then go back and try to get the realm first with the gear that you got? Yeah, basically preparing for that, yeah. making it easier on us. Yeah. Uh, on basically faster progression. Wow. And then also when like the raid uh raid came out on the PPR, we were expected to constantly be testing that too. So it was oh, a pretty big time commitment. Yeah, like yeah. how many hours a week were you like at 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 its height, how many hours a week were you spending on this? Well, basically it was like as much it was like after work it was pretty much five or six hours a day and then over the weekend it was pretty much nine to five with short breaks in between. yeah uh it's wow did did you eventually like snap or what 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 got you out of it were you playing were the were you like friendly with these people or was it just all straight business Raid it business. was all kind of straight business because the, the way it usually works with this stuff is that you usually go onto their boards and, and have the application process. You're required to have a bunch of experience in previous rating tiers. And they say it's an entry level you. position, but really you need like five years of experience. <laughs> it's bullshit. <laughs> it's, it's that sort of thing. So like I had to, I had to show that I had the achievements for the previous raids and, and I had to go through a tryout process and all that. So it wasn't exactly people like I knew in real life. So it wasn't really a friendly environment. Yeah. Wow. That's uh. and, and then uh, what, what drove you from it? Did you just have enough at some point? Did you, do you, 
Do you play the game at all still, or did you just like break completely from it? Well, I, I play it. I usually play it a little bit when the new expansions come out. You know that that sort of new new car smell sort of thing. But yeah, it, it, I, what broke it for me was basically just the effect it was having on me because when I was playing on this, it was in my last couple of years of college, and I kind of gleaned that empl- prospective employers wouldn't really like it if my grades dropped down to next to nothing in my last two years of college as of this. <laughs> But, you know, think of the team building exercises that you'd be able to show. <laughs> show them the yeah. gear and be like, yeah, I mean, the grades aren't good, but look at Look this at my stuff. commitment. I could do this for your job, except not really because I'm still doing it for WoW. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's how I basically tried to, when I was in high school, I tried to explain it to my parents. It's like, oh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm becoming a team leader. It's team building exercises. This is something I can use. All the all the while, I'm getting like 2.0 GPA in high school and screwing up my grades, and yeah, that that was mostly the, the it it ruined the work life balance, and I think that's yeah, or like I I considered it, it was like work for me at that point. So the, the real life video game balance, I mean, yeah, kind of just yeah, for sure. That's uh, yeah, and and so do you feel like you took anything away from that experience that is useful to you? today like like team built you know like like running a team like that sort of stuff do you feel like you and built any real skills there that that have translated for you i definitely think so it it forced me to interact with a bunch of different personalities Mm -hmm. so i'll give you an example like i i'm in one of the giant bomb clans for destiny 2 right now and i organize a a weekly raid Mm -hmm. and one of these weeks two people had joined up that were basically the same sort of alpha personality sort of conflicting with each other. Every time I suggested something, those two would get at it about what's the best way, that sort of thing. So I just knew because of my prior experience, how to dissolve to sort of prevent that, that situation from escalating that sort of thing. And right. then just sort of knowing that there needs to be one person to really lead this. And if everyone's chiming in and trying to get their point across, especially when we're actually trying to to figure out these fights, it, it it's not a great environment for that for actually progressing. Yeah, for sure. Got to put those people in their place. Let them know who's <laughs> boss. Just out yeah. alpha them. No, yeah, that's probably not actually the way to do it. Awesome. Well, th- thanks for your call, Andrew. That's, that's nice. Wow. 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 That was like a wow. What's that from? That's a Mario thing. Wow. Yeah. It's a Mario. It's um. Wow. Is it like when you're you're eating you're spitting out a key? Yes, when Yoshi spits out a key. Yeah. That's good poll, us. Hmm. Um. I'll let you line up one more. Uh, if if you got it now. All right. Yeah. Let's uh. Let's. We're getting ready to wrap it up either way here. So maybe we do just uh wind down here the bandit wants to know have you spent any more time with samus returns a little bit i got past the part from the quick look uh and and just haven't had a ton of time to to play it or you know just other stuff's been coming out so i just just haven't really really gone back to it but it seems i still think that's a a neat game i did not expect to like that game at all from from what i saw at e3 and 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 i was uh very pleasantly surprised when that came in and I, i fired it up i was like oh this is actually like really, really fun. 
Um, Are we cool with wow with Ben and Jeff for this week's? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. And we have to come up with some kind of permanent name for that. Yeah. So we will actually need. So, you know, we've been doing a thing where we just have it. This is the Bombcast after show, but every week it's called something else. But we're going to start. We're going to split this off into its own thing. Yeah. Eventually. Right now it's up in the Giant Bomb Presents RSS feed. We'll probably spin it out into its own feed. Uh, and uh and at start. that point we will need something permanent mm-hmm. like we, we could just call it the giant bomb after bomb cast after show yeah very utilitarian and then keep name the this yeah. name convention and then the episode names become that we need to put dates on the episode names okay. I, I realized after last week all right gotta do that that's Done. my that's my notes for the producer thanks yeah. uh no you're you know i'm gonna co- very strongly consider them okay great i'm gonna incorporate it into my process i'm gonna see what i get all right terrific well Thanks everybody for coming and hanging out, uh, and and thanks for your calls, for your for your chat questions, all that sort of stuff. It's always fun to hear from you, and uh, yeah, we're gonna take off. I've had some people ask if this is replacing uh, jar time, and I, I don't think it's going to. For a while, I was like, yeah, I guess we are kind of taking questions here too, uh, but I have a pile of questions uh, that that maybe would be better served in a longer form setting uh, that people have sent in. So I might record one of those coming up soon like our, our mondays are very different now we got our chicken dinner yeah and so you know like we can play around with the murder we're island free. format yeah we're free we did the destiny raid we're free um so i'm hoping to get back to maybe streaming some old games here at some point this year but i think we are going to do some murder island custom games uh for sure too so i'm yeah. looking forward to that i'll be excited fun. for that that'll be fun yeah that'll be cool because we'll be able to get y'all in there and fill up these servers and 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 goof around like we did that one time uh maybe get a zombie game in or something yeah with our test test run uh cool all right everybody have a great week and we'll be back next week with more giant bombcast and this show as well which has a name bye bye